OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash wallstreet. Today on Watching Your Wealth, how much do you really pay your financial advisor? This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Michael Wursthern is a WSJ Wealth Advisor reporter and brokerage industry expert. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks, Veronica. So, Mike, it can seem pretty complicated to figure out how much you pay your advisor, and it's not always the easiest thing to bring up either, is it? No, definitely not. Um, we had a great uh, story just this past weekend in the Funds Investor Report where it just showed how, uh, how, how confusing it can be, even for somebody that covers uh, finance here and there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not supposed to be rocket science, but it certainly uh, comes across that way for a lot of investors. Indeed. And I would think it's kind of awkward to bring this up with your advisor for whatever reason. I mean, some people just don't like to talk about money, ironically, or some people feel like, oh, it's, you don't want to offend the advisor. I think there's a whole lot of psychology behind keeping this hidden, too. There definitely is. A, a, a big part of that is just because advisors and, and their clients, it's a struggle enough to get to some of the deeper topics of of how to save money, what do you want to use that money for, what are your goals for that money, um, how do you want your children involved with that money, and then getting into the whole discussion of how you're paying for all these services um, could certainly be a little intimidating, um, especially for, for, for somebody that isn't that um, – doesn't consider themselves that sophisticated when it comes to their finances. Oh, that's a really good point. So uh, before we get to like how we can unwrap how much we're paying, just want to say that um, you had pointed out in your story that certain financial firms are actually trying to make it a bit easier for investors. So like what are they doing? Yeah, so, so th- th- that's a great point. And it's really because of the la- Labor Department's fiduciary rule. Um, even though there's been a lot of uh, back and forth over the future of this rule, um, as of right now, it's set to go into effect uh, in June. And uh, and one of the benefits that this rule brought with it was uh, it, it forced uh, Merrill Lynch, at, at the very least so far, no other firms have followed suit with them yet, but Merrill Lynch earlier this year instituted new monthly client statements that more clearly stated the fees that those clients were paying. And, and, and those fees that were more clearly stated included um, asset management fees. So if you're paying a recurring fee instead of commissions, that should be a lot more apparent in there. Um, any fees that are related to uh, to ATM withdrawals, for instance, where you might use your uh, your, your debit card that's linked to your brokerage account, that's more clearly stated in there. And, uh, and there was a few other efforts to just make it a bit more transparent. Uh, that said, you know there still is a, a ways to go where I think investors feel like um, it still is a bit of a mystery sometimes when they're trying to figure out in, in, in total how much are they paying for the financial advice that they get. Good point. So give us some tips. First, we need to figure out how much an advisor is charging us for the advice portion of what they're giving us. So I, I, the best place to always start with is the financial advisor, him or herself. Um, I think in a lot of cases, financial advisors um, should should be ready to answer that question. So so clients should not at all be intimidated to ask their advisor, what is it that I'm paying um, and, and, and what is that a percentage of maybe or, or what is that in total dollars and where can I find that information in my client's statement? They should be able to point that out. The only problem is, of course, there is that you know even with the changes that Merrill made, 
the, the the fees may be sort of scattered across your 30, 40 pages of information on your client huh. account statements. So that's why it's really on the advisor to be able to clearly explain that. And, and the point I would add there is that if the advisor can explain it or seems to be purposely confusing or providing complicated answers, um, a lot of financial uh, personal finance experts say that it's maybe just time to find somebody else Drop who's them. more willing to, to just be very transparent because at the end of the day, this is your money. Exactly. I'll say it. Drop them. Um, so we need to be aware of individual investment costs as well. It's not just the advice fee. There's like these fees associated with our mutual funds, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the, 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 on a lot of client account statements, it'll list your investments, um, you know, going down, say, uh, j- just just you know, various rows. Um, and, and in there, it'll say it'll have the costs in there of the total investment. And that's one place where you can start. If you want to see specifically what the expense ratios of those funds are, there are a few places investors can go to for some help. And that includes uh, FINRA, the, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, has a, has a website um, called Fund Analyzer that, that's within their website. And that shows you uh, the fund expenses for various mutual funds. And then Morningstar is also another great resource where investors can go and easily find out by just plugging in the ticker symbols uh, to see what those total costs are. But those are good places to start. And there are a few other personal finance um, tools out there that can help you just understand the costs of some of those individual investments. Nice. Thank you for those tools. If we have a managed account, some of our listeners have those, we might be hit with extra fees, right? Yeah. So so those work a little bit differently. So it, it, I, would th- I would start with thinking about it a lot like a fee ba- your typical fee-based account where you're p- paying maybe, say, 1% of the total investments in that account. Um, managed accounts, though, come with something called a style expense. And that usually just means that there's um, a, a, a so-called sub-advisor who is sort of managing the day-to-day uh, portfolio in that account, and they take out as much as uh, you know half a percentage point um, in added costs on top of that one percent. So you could be looking at you know anywhere from between one and a half percent in total costs all the way up to maybe 2.5% on some of the uh, the accounts offered by, say, Morgan Stanley or Merrill Lynch. And then you have to analyze for yourself if, if you think it's really worth it. Uh, Mike, we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'd love to hear more of your tips. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy our podcasts? Then listen in your car. Before you start down the road, just sync your smartphone using Bluetooth or plug into the USB port. Got Apple CarPlay? Just tap on the podcast app and search for WSJ. So, the next time you're getting behind the wheel, take us along and enjoy the ride. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. We're back with Wall Street Journal's Mike Worstern, who's given us tips on how to figure out how much our advisor really gets paid. So, Mike, it could be that the advisor is providing other services for that fee. So what kind of other services might they be providing, and how do we figure out how much they cost? Sure. So if you're in one of those fee-based accounts, typically – um, you're, you should be paying for a lot more than just asset allocation because that's something that, um, you know, I, I know as we talked about a few times, robo-advisors can do for, for a very low cost. So typically, always ask your advisor, what are the other services that you're providing me? 
And those services can usually include, say, tax planning, um, estate planning purposes as well, um, legal services, recommendations, so who you can who you can go to for further help. That should all be included in the fee. If the advisor isn't doing that and they're still charging you a fee, that could be at least a, an opener to a conversation as to what else can you provide me um, or should I look for value elsewhere? Good question. Want to know, so I mean, this is sort of like the million dollar question. How can you know if you're paying too much? I mean, or is it it's somewhat subjective, isn't it? It, it is very much subjective. And I, we've even grappled with this a bit in a sense of how much is too much. I mean, at, at the end of the day, firms, whether they're independent advisory firms scattered throughout the U.S., or you're working with the, the financial advisors that work with Merrill Lynch or, or Morgan Stanley, um, they all charge varying levels for their services. And, and, and just to give you a quick example, Merrill Lynch can go anywhere from as little as uh, 50 basis points for investment advice all the way up to over 2% for their investment advice. So it really is a big range. I, I, I do think at the end of the day, and talking to some personal finance experts, that it comes down to how adequately served you think you are, and do you feel that your advisor is, is able to answer all the questions that you might have? Um, at the end of the day, a lot of these advisors are always talking about that they're not trying to, to beat any benchmarks, that they're trying to help people, uh, guide people toward goals. And I think that if you feel like that's perfect for you and you're meeting those goals, then maybe you're okay paying whatever it is that you're paying for that advice. If you feel like that you're not talking to your advisor much, that there's always a mystery over how much you're paying and you're, you're always a little bit confused as to what those additional services are, then I really think it might be time that you evaluate that situation and you decide, is there a better way I can go about saving for my goals, whether that be retirement, buying a new house, or sending my kid to college? Those are some great tips. Lastly, how negotiable are these fees? If you see that, you know, hey, I don't really like these fees that I'm paying, you say that to your advisor. Can we expect the advisor is going to work with us? Fees are 100% negotiable at all firms. And, and I think that's, the, that's probably the, the, the biggest thing clients all need to realize is that the financial advisors working, especially for the biggest firms, they have big ranges where, where they can uh, uh, sort of choose in between of what they want to charge an advisor. And, and, and that earlier example that I gave where Merrill Lynch goes from uh, half a percentage all the way up to 2%, um, that, that's sort of the leeway that they get from, from their higher-ups. So I, if the advisor comes to you with a fee that you're not comfortable with, don't, don't, be, don't say nothing and don't settle. Um, have that further discussion and see where, where, where that, that real floor is so you can get to a price that you're comfortable paying and, and isn't eating into your overall returns. Great tips, as always. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Thank you. And do you have a personal finance question you'd like us to answer? Email us at podcast at DowJones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at WGA.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow The Wall Street Journal on your favorite podcast app. Search WSJ on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and any Amazon Alexa device. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.